Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Running the Bases podcast, first coronavirus edition. I'm Tucker Wells, joined via remote, Mr. Coach Jordan Bounds. Coach, how you doing in the quarantine there? Oh, a little stir-crazy like everybody else. Yeah, this is the first podcast we've ever done via phone with you on the phone patch. So uh, what do you... <laughs> Do you know what day it is today? Let me just. Yes, I do because uh, this is a day that I normally would buy groceries, but I I don't need any. I... <laughs> I'm I'm curious is what what is the most exciting activity you do now? Uh, uh let me see. What's the mo- well probably the most exciting activity is when I go to local vine, right, and stock up on the alcohol. Yeah, but uh, I I do go over to my son's house and uh, sit in with lawn chairs out in the yard, you know, uh, and we'll talk then, you know, proper distancing apart and everything, see the grandkids and whatnot. Yeah, and at least you're following the social distancing guidelines there. Can't say the same for our Georgia leaders here. You know, by the way, who who knew the power of the bowling lobby was so strong? <laughs> the, or the tattoo parlor. The tattoo parlor, you know, some of our most sanitary conditions that we're going to go back to work in. So Right. But I digress. So it's been a, a good while since we've done a, a, a fresh podcast. Um, we were actually gearing up in March. We had our season predictions in the works. And then, uh, you know, the NBA suspends its season in light of the COVID-19 NHL uh, follows suit, Major League Soccer, uh, and then, of course, baseball. They uh, postponed spring training, and now they're on uh, indefinite hiatus or suspension or however you want to talk about it. So, um, you know, we had our season predictions in the in the works in mid-March, and now a month later we're talking – we're just trying to predict if there will be a season. Um so let's just talk uh, out of the box. First to third, we'll talk about this COVID-19 and what it means for the baseball season. Um, and then coming into home, we will remember Mr. Tiger, Mr. Al Kaline, who unfortunately we lost uh, just weeks ago in the midst of uh, all of this pandemic. So uh, he's one of your favorite players of all time who you actually got to see play live. He's always been one of my favorite players to know about and uh, research about. So, um, so we'll we'll be able to close at least on a magical realism, somewhat upbeat note. Um, that said, so here we are. It's uh, it's April twenty third. Um, baseball season suspended. Uh, there's been a lot of different plans that have been floated around uh, that just seem everything from the maybe it's possible to that's really effing crazy and I can't believe anyone ever uh, seriously suggested it. But let me just ask What's the you, craziest one that you've heard? I feel like the craziest one I've heard is the everything in Arizona. Well, I, I've also heard shipping everything to Japan. Right. Yeah. Okay. There you go. There you go. All right. That just took the top. That just took the top right there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, let's start with, I mean, let's just talk about the uh, force majeure of COVID-19. Um, you know, is it even fair to compare what's happening right now to other play stoppages in baseball history? Just talking about in baseball history. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, uh, not, not mean, at all. 
the uh, I mean, the other stoppages have all been, you know, labor related. Right. Well, discounting that you have, you know, when play is suspended because of the world wars, the Spanish flu and the nine 11, am I leaving one but out? They weren't, they, they were not, uh, stopped that long. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh, maybe a day or so. I mean, nine 11, uh, you know, shut it down for a day or so. And I mean, you know, there've been, um, I mean, it, it's happened, but nothing, I don't think it's ever happened for more than a week. I mean, other than labor uh, stoppages. Yeah. I think, I think nine 11, then there was, it was about, it was the next week that they suspended. Uh, yeah. It's about know. a week or so when nobody could fly. Yeah. And uh, I mean, so here again, for me personally, I have a hard time even getting a frame of reference of any kind with what we're experiencing right now. Yeah. Um, so as the pandemic unfolds, the more we learn about the science, it seems more likely that baseball waits until next year and maybe starts the season then with no fans. But, you know, what, what do you think? Let me, let me just ask you directly. What do you think happens with the 2020 baseball season? I don't think we play. Or we, uh, I don't think there will be, uh, baseball now. MLB continues to talk like there will be as though they're planning it. And uh, you have all sorts of people coming out, talking about all these, you know, different ways, like they're working on it now and things. But I think this is all just a sham. Just I think it's a PR thing. I don't think um, I mean, the you have the players union supporting going back to play. And you mentioned force majeure, but that's not in the in the contract. They they will outline things like flood and fires and earthquakes and these sort of things. Why why someone does not have to fulfill a contract? Nobody puts in pandemic, and the force majeure, which I've been uh, assured by my lawyer that it's in every contract except for the one that uh, we just made with China. Um, we don't hold them to it, but uh, the nobody puts in pandemic in as one of the causes of force majeure. So uh, the players union has to be supportive of it because their contract doesn't stop them from not playing. However, every one of their players, well, not everyone, but they're all of these players saying this just isn't going to work. Uh, I mean, and there, there are people like, you know, Kershaw came out the other day and said, you know, my son is four months old and it seems like every day he's doing something new. I'm not going to not see him for four and a half months. Uh, I'm just not going to do it. You know, he'll retire before he'll go back. Uh, now, not everybody is in the financial situation that Kershaw is, but uh, there aren't a whole lot of poor people that are playing Major League Baseball. Right. Not a lot of poor people playing major league baseball, but minor league baseball, certainly. And there were these labor accords that were struck about, you know, how service time would carry over into, you know, 2021. Uh, seems like, you know, even though the, the Players Association and the league were making these agreements about how player compensation would work in light of this pandemic, that in fact, they are going to screw the minor leaguers and those trying to make it into the show right now. Oh, well, however, one of the, th in the ones trying to make it into the show, the ones that are close will probably have to be on a roster anyway. Uh, 
if they're going to have anything resembling a full season, you need, I mean, how many players play on a major league team through the course of a season? Right. I mean, and uh, there are injuries. And in this type of situation, there would be more injuries as they try to pile up double headers and things of this nature. Uh, So the roster is not going to be, I mean, I think it was going to be expanded to 26 people this year anyway, but uh, I believe that the, um, the roster now you'd have to have 60 people or so on your roster. Right. At least maybe, maybe not all active for every game, but they would have to be part of the team that is uh, traveling together or staying in a hotel together or whatever. Right. Yeah. I think because the, the having the entire season within Arizona and the, you know, general radius of Phoenix had the most details to it. You're going to have, what was it? Some of the highlights. Oh yeah. That it was going to have 50 players on a roster. But my question is even with that, if you've got 50 players, then how are you keeping them fresh and competitive? Right. And, and if, if there is an injury, what do we do with the player that's injured? Are we going to, um, and this is out, outlined in different articles uh, on the Ringer and by Jeff Passan on ESPN. But you know, you have a player get injured. Are you really going to put an ACL tear ahead of someone trying to get treatment for COVID nineteen at the local hospital? Right, right. Oh, the the cost element. What this would, I, I think USA Today said that they're going to be. It would take at least four thousand four hundred and twenty five uh, people that are not players to get this uh, operational. That's a very conservative estimate. And all of these people would have to be tested, including all the players and things, on a regular basis. So far, last I heard, Arizona had tested 2,000 people. Um, right. Now, uh, so I just – into they would need the PPEs and all, all of these sort of things that uh, – all of the medical supplies and stuff that have – been in such great demand uh i just the morality of that just seems very wrong right and when you speak of morality i mean how blind are we i mean is there anybody really thinking that the majority of this push to get the season in is on the societal good and not just all about the money well i can see one part i mean it would uh first of all if if they do it and i mean whatever sport is the next, you know, uh, I mean, I, I, NHL has talked about playing all their games in North Dakota. Uh, the, uh, but whatever sport is on television is going to be so have such viewership. It's going to be unbelievable. Uh, this, uh, I mean, and the cost to owners is going to be tremendous. I mean, what you're talking about with service time and everything else, paying all of this stuff. Uh, and not getting gate receipts. Uh, so they're going to have to renegotiate uh, contracts with all of the, these networks and things to put them back on. That's not something that's just done in the blink of an eye. Uh, the owners who really, you know, for the most part, we've talked about this before, there aren't any more illages around. You know, uh, the owners are often conglomerates. They're all billionaires, and they're watching the bottom line first. They're not trying to they're not saying America needs baseball. You know, this isn't World War II and Roosevelt saying, you know, we, 
you know, do this for the betterment of mankind. Uh, they're looking after the bottom line. And the only there's so much that would need to be done uh, along those lines. I, I just I, I just can't see it. Yeah, and they've already pre-sold ads for the season television, and the television revenue is so huge. You know, in these billion-dollar deals for TV revenue that are you know nine figures for a given season. So, you know, there is something to be said that if you can get any part of that back, and yeah, the ratings for the ratings for the the first live sport that's a familiar live sport will be astronomical. I mean, this the NFL draft is tonight. And it's it's probably going to have like a fifty share, <laughs> on, and and you see with the, like the Jordan documentary. Which did you watch any of that on Sunday? The, the Mike, which documentary? The this Michael Jordan documentary on no, ESPN. I didn't know. Yeah, I mean it's you know record viewership for ESPN by their standards, and you know dominates the Twitter sphere, and it, they're having after shows for the Jordan documentary for for a non live sporting event. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I, I get that, that if they can get it on TV and at least recoup some of, some of the, uh, why am I, the quarantine has gotten to me. I can't speak well anymore, but you know, it recoups. Well, we're out of practice. We're not, you know, talking to a whole lot of people. (laughs) True. True. Uh, revenue. Until we start talking to ourselves. Right. And then there's a whole other world of problems that that opens up. But right. in the meantime, um, revenue, that's, that was the word I was looking for that if they can recoup some of the revenue for this season, then that will be, you know, make it where the 2021 season and players salaries won't just be in complete disarray moving forward. So, right. um, I was intrigued by this recent, well, two things. So, I think we both agree that having the whole season within Arizona, I mean, you look at like just the temperatures in Arizona alone, and there's only the one dome stadium there, the where the snakes play. That you know, are, are you going to play baseball at eight in the morning to, <laughs> to right to avoid the 110 degree heat? So that doesn't 110 seem, is on a good day, too. Right in July, yeah, exactly. Um, but th- they recently floated. Well, what if you do? grapefruit and cactus league all year and have it in Florida and Arizona. How do you feel about that? Just in practicality? Uh, I, with Santos as governor, I mean, they've already opened up the beaches and stuff. I really believe that, uh, they're going to have a backlash and they will, Florida will be one of the first places where, the virus peaks again. And I just don't, I just don't see doing it in Florida. Florida is more practical by, in terms of the ball, the stadiums and everything than Arizona is, uh, as you, I mean, there are as many nice stadiums in Arizona, but in Florida, at least the weather is better. You know, it's not, uh, it's not like Sevilla. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, I, I can't see the, political situation in florida allowing this or making it practical the logistics are the the testing is going to be such a difficult thing to do they're going to have to test all these players on a regular basis you know if they're keeping them kind of quarantined in a hotel um i think there would have to be um i mean 
and not only all of the players, but all of you know the the cooks and the the medical people and the uh, ball boys and uh, you know the, the clubhouse attendants and all of these thousands of people that would make this a veritable circus. Uh, the training staff, every, you know, all of these people are all going to have to be tested on a regular basis. That's more than several states put together. And I believe me, I want it back. And if it's on television, I'm going to watch it all the time. Uh, right. But it, it's it's just not it's just not pragmatic. There is an article in um, the Daily Beast uh, about Sean Doolittle and his wife and his I'm in love with his wife. Um, she's a doctor, <laughs> but they're, I mean, you know, he calls himself the socialist Southpaw, you know, I mean, they're, uh, I, I'm probably more politically aligned with Sean Doolittle of all people than any other, uh, major sports star, but, um, <laughs> he's the, a good uh, guy. He's a good guy to be aligned with. I like, I it, think he's great. The, uh, but his, uh, I mean, they, they really go into all, I mean, and he's saying, look, I had a, my worst year last year. I'm a free agent next year. I really want to play, but this is sinful. This is just sinful talking about, you know, what, uh, we're doing and his wife, uh, the, uh, she's even stronger about, it. she's a, a doctor that has, uh, well, she's done all sorts of research on this and there's just no way. Yeah. In their eyes. Uh, but, you know, but Major League Baseball continues to talk about, uh, as though it will happen. Yeah. And it'd be all too easy to just blend this with a political discussion, which I am trying very hard not to do. And in, in uh, just in my life right now, you know, people I talk to on the phone and uh, and whatnot. But, yeah, it, it just the testing thing alone and in. in, in no matter what, that's that's the bottom line on this whole situation in the entire country is that what puts us back on track is the avail- the availability of testing, the rapid uh, turnaround of testing. And we're so far from that, you know, capacity. And you've got this, you know, like you said, between four to five thousand personnel overall to make this, you know, biodome baseball season happen. Those right. are 5,000 tests that you're going to have to get from somewhere. And that's 5,000. And that's just one time. They're going to have to do it continually. Yeah. And it can't they, they be. They can't just test them one time and hope, well, now, now you're good. You've been tested. No, you, they, they're going to have to do it on a regular basis. And what happens when somebody does get it? Then, you know. Yeah. Where do you uh, go from there? Yeah, I know. Uh it just it does not seem practical, and I'm I'm sad about that. I I mean, are you watching any of these games that, uh, or I mean, these old games that they're putting on television all the time now? I, I was watching a few of them at first, and I saw. Well, they did the Braves '92 in LCS Game Seven. I wept openly right. watching that one. That 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 came on over the weekend. Uh, but for the fo- for the most part, I haven't. It it kind of ran its course for me. It's just sad. I can't do it. it it's you know it just I have to put it out of my mind that I'm not seeing baseball this year. You know this is uh, at least when we had strikes or labor stoppages and stuff, there was minor league baseball. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> there, you know there was something, uh, but 
Well, that that begs the question: Are you watching any of the uh, CPBL in Taiwan? <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't. That's again somewhat of a reminder, but pretty. I, I pretty probably wild. will. I just haven't. You know, that's. I'm not entirely certain where you find it. I think Fox Sports grabbed the uh, American rights on it for now, but. Yeah. It's wild though, because there's there's cardboard cutouts of fans in the stands. Oh, it's I know. Like, I heard. And they had a bench clearing bra the other day. So so much for the social distancing aspect. Yeah, really. But well, I I think this is this, this is funny that MLB is saying, well, we won't we'll use uh, computers. We won't use umpires. We'll have the robot umpires. Like that's just taking <laughs> one person out of the mix jeez you know yeah exactly and, and, and it's just something they want to try anyway yeah i, I there, there's i mean there's genuinely some fascinating things it, it just in a vacuum about what this would look like you know like if you had a, a roster of 50 players but they're not in a dugout they're in the stands yeah they're and, all in the stands yeah so they 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 act as both you know the crowd and the players on the field but yeah, the, the thing that I, you know, and, and my background plays heavily into this. What about the the camera operators, the sound engineers, the truck operators, the play by play? I mean, all of those, all of those key individuals for making this happen. You're taking them away from their families as well, and you're gonna have to oh, be testing I, them. Yeah, uh, yeah. That that's again what the Doolittles or. She doesn't go by his name, but uh, what they're talking about is all of these thousands of people, the, you know, the 4,400 that USA Today has said, they even said it was conservative. You know, that's, uh, I don't know. I just, uh, now that's, on the other hand, the owners don't care. They don't care about the sound technicians and they don't care about the clubhouse attendants and they don't care about their families or uh, Kershaw missing his, uh, you know, watching his son grow up or any of these things, they care about the bottom line. And if they can find where they will make enough of a profit from this, uh, then we'll have baseball, but I don't see how they do. I don't think uh, it's just from a logistics standpoint all of the money that they're going to have to put out. And well, I recognize that television and radio, and I don't know whether these games would be on radio. I think they might all just be televised. Uh, the uh, creates such tremendous contracts and whatnot, but, and the ratings would be through the roof, but there are no gate receipts and the gate receipts do mean something. And there are all sorts of extra costs. If they do this, I, I don't know. I mean, it, as sad as it is, money is, you know, uh, runs the show here. Very true. Very true. And has for, for the longest. I mean, it is a right. business and, and this is, you know, if, 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 if baseball, if any of these major sports and hell, if the, the governing bodies of our states and of our country were really from the human interest side, we would all be shut down, you know? <laughs> right. Well, yeah, but I mean, there is, as, as far as that goes, uh, you know, I, I can understand the argument, uh, whereas a virus kills, but so does poverty. 
And we're, we know that already all the, these third world nations, although they're not suffering from the virus that much, they're going to suffer a lot more than we are because of the worldwide poverty that's going to ensue. And so uh, you, you do have to balance that. Uh, there's some people that are in a position where it's not as uh, difficult for them, but the uh, poverty is uh, poverty kills. That said, baseball doesn't solve poverty. I mean, there are a lot of, you know, sure, there are vendors and uh, things that are out of business uh, right now. But uh, on the main thing that uh, baseball gives us is our mental health. Uh, that, I mean, it would, I mean, there are, we know that, uh, for instance, uh, spousal abuse is up during this time. Just being put in the same room with your spouse for that long seems to be damaging to a lot of people. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Not the, thought of this. Oh, it is. I mean, there, there have been a lot of people talking about that. Uh, I mean, mental, there are mental health problems with being confined like this. And uh, baseball would help that. But it's not going to help the poverty aspect of it. And as money is the uh, the ruling force in all of this, it just I don't know of a bigger baseball fan than me, but I don't think it's right that we that they come back. Right. And I'm in that same boat early on. I was kind of fascinated by just, well, all right, you know, but I mean, really before the scope of this became real to, to everyone, at least everyone paying attention, close attention. But the, the early on, it was like, oh, well, okay, well, we'll probably be back by June 1st or, you know, at least by the all-star game, all-star weekend or whatever. Um, and so it was kind of fun to think about, well, how could they do the playoffs? You know, if, if we did a right. condensed playoff system, what if it was more like college baseball? We did like a round robin or a neutral site World Series, which just as a, a sports fan, I've I've thought about, you know, at different times, like, oh, wouldn't that be pretty cool if the World Series was uh, a neutral site as opposed to playing in, you know, Philadelphia in late October or Colorado or something like that. So, but that quickly has evaporated. You know, right. it's like, what does right. that even matter? I think just the playing of the season does not seem feasible at all. No, so. it, it doesn't to me either. But I uh, but, you know, it's maybe, you know, who knows? Uh, they suddenly get contact. Uh, what, what is it? The contact testing up and stuff. And they're able to the testing is really vamped up and to where things the logistics become a little bit easier but if that's the case then why are we doing it all in arizona you know yeah. or arizona and florida if we, you know i mean it it if we were testing like they do in south korea uh the uh then shoot maybe uh you know they could get it up by june 1st uh the uh but they would be they wouldn't be able to confine everybody in hotels in Arizona because the hotels would be open again. You know, people would be moving around. That's um, yeah. The, the the biodome uh, uh, scenario. There's too many points of entry to pierce that said dome. Uh, I mean, it, it's interesting to think like, and this this is a new proposal that just leaked out. But having the season in three hubs, so you'd have Arizona, Texas, and Florida. So that Florida, you've got the, you know, St. Pete, you've got the Dome Stadium there, and then the Marlins Stadium, uh, 
uh, Texas now has a brand new retractable roof stadium. And then, you know, you could make a bus ride to Houston, uh, and use their facility. And then Arizona, of course, has the, the chase field. So, you know, again, to your point, if there is the testing, suddenly it ramps up and suddenly it's available, then you could spread this out and have these three dedicated hubs. Um, and you know, you have the league broken up into three divisions, I guess. And, you would definitely have to shorten the season. I think that's a key thing that's not being talked about with respect to the players. You know, we're talking about four and a half months away from their families. That that shouldn't be on the table. It should be talking about having a condensed season to make that that time less, you know? Right. The uh you're talking about dividing into divisions early on. I saw uh one report like where they were redoing leagues and divisions and everything this was talking about playing both in florida and arizona and the braves were in a division with the twins the yankees and the red sox i believe and also the orioles i think the orioles were like but it was like a division (laughs) from hell (laughs) a a veritable murderer's row of franchises right i think the braves would hold their own in that division though boston's on it going to be on a down year Beat up on the yeah. Orioles for the while and the Twins as Yankees well. Yankees and so. the Twins aren't though. No, that's true. That's true. Although who knows at this point? I mean, you know, just just uh, like talking about the game of baseball as much as we can right now. Practically speaking, how much run up time would you need to get these players back in shape? Oh, I know. I know. That's uh, have to be at least two two and a half weeks at least. Yeah, I would have to. Uh... Yeah, it's really closer to three weeks to get the pitcher's arm strong enough again. I mean, I know they're they're working out now, and they're well, you know, like in the article that I read by Doolittle, he was talking about how uh, Washington got him all sorts of uh, workout equipment and stuff, and he's able to do FaceTime with his trainer every day while he's working with. But he doesn't have anybody to throw to. I yeah. like his wife, but she can't catch. You know. Uh, <laughs> Did you see where Joe Kelly broke the window in his? In his no, backyard? no. Yeah, Joe Kelly has a pitch back in his yard, and he <laughs> completely missed <laughs> throughout the window <laughs> of his kitchen or something. Are you watching any of the like FaceTime sports? Did you watch any of the uh, where the major league players are playing themselves in the video game? I've watched some of it, but it just isn't interesting to me. It, it, it fades so quickly. It's amazing. I thought I would be fascinated by watching um, the horse competition in the NBA. And after right. after a few minutes, you're like, what am I looking at here? <laughs> exactly. Well, there's been a lot of what am I looking at here? Yeah. <laughs> what, the, uh, what, favorite piece of quarantine programming, non-news related? Oh, um, the... Plot to Steal America. Yeah. Ah, that's two on the head right now. Yeah. And uh, I also uh, like the PBS thing, the Winds of War, something something of this nature. It's uh, It's been set in Poland so far. It's uh, the uh, workup of World War II, the beginning of it. Okay, I checked that out. Have you uh, have you braved Tiger King yet on Netflix? Yes, I have. I, uh, oh man, and, really? I haven't yet. I can't bring myself to it. Well, the uh, I watched it for a few episodes before I really realized exactly what this was, and then I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god!" The yeah. uh, uh, no, no, and I, I, 
it is it's one of those things you know when you get on netflix one of the first bars that they give you are continue watching uh and <laughs> that's there and i'm like i don't even want to see that well how many uh how many times have you watched trouble with the curve the natural and uh bull durham on mlb network Oh, I know. Well, I don't need to watch them on the MLB network, you know, I'm, to watch yeah. it somewhere else where there aren't interruptions with it. Yeah. But like I, I don't need to, but you're right there. They are on all the time. Yeah. I wonder uh, if they realize there's a lot more baseball movies out there. I don't know. Yeah, really, really yeah. there. I mean, and why, although I will say there is a, uh, one, the movie channel has shown the original angels in the outfield just about as many times as the natural has played on the MLB network, uh, starring, uh, I forgot, I forgot his name. Janet Lee is also in it. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've seen, I, 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 I remember watching that as a kid. I was a yeah. fan of the 93, you know, the, the modern remake, but yeah. Um, I was, uh, what was it? Paul um, Douglas. Paul Douglas was the guy I was, I was trying to think of. Yeah, and isn't Ernest Borgnine like the or who's the who's the who's the lead? You no, know, I think it's Paul Douglas who Paul looks Douglas. kind of like Ernest Borgnine. That's what it, that is exactly what it is. Um, I'll say what one of the game one of the things about watching the classic games is how quickly they move. It's I've heard this argument made about watching all the classic NBA games in particular, but it's like. I come to realize more and more how much I don't want replay. <laughs> I don't, oh, yeah. I don't want replay reviews anymore. I think that should be the first thing that they look at when things are back to quote normal. Um, right. At what point do you think they, th that MLB will just have to make a, a kind of a final call? You think it by the end of May, we'll know if the rest of the season is canceled. Uh, uh, yeah, I would think probably the end of May, first of June. Yeah. Yeah. And what's going to happen prior to that is the NFL and uh, college football in particular, college sports are going to have to make a decision. And when they close as well, that's going to make it easier for the MLB to say, well, we're just going to have to hang it up. Wow. Unbelievable to think. I, I, I can't see the NFL canceling in season. I just can't see it. I mean, not to get into that bee's nest of a topic, but I just feel like if there's any, if if there's any sports entity that will do everything in its in its might to have a season, then it's going to be the NFL. Yeah, I I agree, and, and but again, all of this goes to testing. Yeah, but I think the NFL is going to be the one that will shamelessly steal tests from babies and children <laughs> to make sure they oh, can have oh, their season. Without a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, and they do have time. You know, the NBA was able to test a team really quick. You know, yeah. when, uh, you know, they had the first player that came down with something, the guy who was making fun of the virus. Rudy uh, Gobert, yeah. Yeah, and, but then they were able to test the whole team right away. Now, so, you know, there we do know that the, rich and powerful have access to things that us normal people do not. Right. Like but, testing. but there is, there is something to be said. I it just, that was a public health concern. You know, you had a, an arena with, you know, 18,000 fans or whatever it was. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so I'm, I, you know, 
I'm just saying, you know, but right now we have nurses dying because they can't get tested. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's, it's again, we're, there's no way to talk about this without going over that razor thin line of the depression of what's happening societally speaking. So, well, let me ask you this though. Would you watch empty stadium baseball? Well, I remember a couple of years ago when the riots were going on in Baltimore, I watched that game or at least part of it. Uh, It was eerie and it was very strange. Um, Now I, I have to admit that were we to have an empty stadium baseball now. I mean, but well, let me back to that game in Baltimore. I don't remember who they played in that game. Chicago the game White itself, Sox. Was it? Okay. I mean, I, I mean, I, I watched it. The game meant nothing. It was just so weird. I mean, even the sounds of things were weird. Um, the, uh, it reminded me of tournament play when you have an early morning game. Uh, I don't know. How, I mean, for amateur baseball, when you're playing in the morning, there's like a, a, the sounds and everything are, are just all off. I would have an interest in seeing watching players sitting in the stands, social distancing and seeing the interaction of people like Acuna and Albies and seeing what they're actually doing. That that might be more entertaining than the games at times. Um, yeah. But uh, I mean, yeah, there would I watch it? Yes. I'd watch all the stuff. Sure. I would at this point. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> please put it injected into my veins. If it's hundred percent safe. I read a lot of novels, but I've been finishing novels that ordinarily I would just like throw away. I, you know, I'd start them and like, you know, uh, I have to order them. I can't go in and, you know, read them at a, at a bookstore anymore. And so I've, I've read some just, tremendously trashy uh novel not trashy but just bad poorly written novels recently and, and finished them uh so i know i would watch inferior live baseball yeah <laughs> it's like please give me inferior live baseball well and that's yeah. where the cpbl comes into play in taiwan but then also you know is there a reality where baseball Major League Baseball says, hey, okay, we're going to do this thing, but it's voluntary. So, you know, the first, the we're going to go in order from those on the Major League roster than the AAA roster. Once we get to 50 players, that's it. But, you know, we have essentially the scrubs playing the Major League team in the Biodome. Um, they, well, that's the whole thing with force majeure. They, they can't do that. I mean, they, they don't need to do that. They could just say you have to play or you know, right. your contract is forfeited. Wow. You know, uh, I mean, and, but, and the, you would have people like the Kershaw's who really, you know, I don't think he's hurting for money right now. <laughs> no, um, definitely not. You know, I mean, there are people like that, uh, that, um, you know, that they would be in a position to say, no, I don't. I mean, it, it is, I don't care. I've heard this from too many people. The the idea of leaving your spouse and your children and I mean mo- and uh, your loved ones, whatever, and not see them for four and a half months. Uh, we all see what confinement is like right now. Uh, for a couple of weeks, you know. I mean, how long we well, we've been doing this a couple of months now, I guess. A but, month. Yeah. We're we're basically at a month. So. I think I'm a little bit longer than a month. 
Yeah, well, some people took it more seriously earlier. So, yeah, but I mean, I remember it was March 11th was when the NBA suspended its season. And then right. and then so and now we're at what, April 23rd. So, yeah, yeah, we're about a month and a half technically speaking. Yeah. So, well, well right. I started before in the NBA had canceled. I don't remember exactly the day, but uh, yeah. but I, I've taken like everybody else I, I've taken it more seriously uh you know as time progressed i mean i i wasn't wearing a mask in public at first you know but right yeah i, I think you were still probably going to the <laughs> was it your life is not worth whoopee cushions right 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 yeah uh but i think yeah we were still going to grocery stores kind of frequently and not i mean now if i go to the grocery store as soon as i get home it's right to the shower yeah, yeah. oh well i say i don't shower i uh but I'll wash my hands. I, but I don't get close to anybody. I go uh, to Kroger with the the senior citizen deal, and you know, at their first hour you have to be a senior citizen to go, and so everybody right. there is staying. You know, and they have they keep a manager at the door, making certain that you are a senior citizen that comes in at that time, and you know they uh, and everybody in the store at that time is like you know far apart from each other. Yeah, I bet you could make some money right now buying groceries for younger people. <laughs> Become a an Instacart shopper and get them their toilet paper. Uh, yeah. Well. <laughs> it's good to know where our societal priorities are, that if we're in a pandemic quarantine, we all want to have a clean butthole. <laughs> Yeah. Well, let, let me ask. Let me ask you another baseball question related. I mean, everybody talks about what's going to be at the other end of this pandemic. What? How will life change? Uh, I mean, everything from brick and mortar stores having to change. You know, that social distancing will still become uh, somewhat of a reality. Uh, how do you think baseball will change when we all Oof. all of this ends? Well. It's interesting. I hadn't really thought about it as much. I, I kind of feel like, well, I, I feel like there's, there's something about this. that's going to at least enforce the argument that the miners need to be contracted, um, because of the revenue lost. I mean, I'm just looking at how revenue lost from this season is going to force a lot of changes in general, you know? Um, oh, yeah. so I think that that's, that's a reality that, that we're not going to have as many minor league organizations operating. Um, I kind of feel like I think there might be a reduction in travel, honestly, that the schedules will become more weighted to division play more than they already are. Um, and I mean, granted ball players are all on private chartered flights as it is, but it'll be interesting to see what, what gets avoided more and more in, in when baseball finally comes back. Um, I kind of feel like that, you know, while they're, when you're thinking about, well, how can we do this in a, like a neutral site or how can we do this without fans and make a unique like television broadcast experience? Um, I think the cameras are going to change. I think we're going to see, we might see things like mounted cameras with no operators that just give these complete unique perspectives. And they've done this in the, in the playoffs, they've had the the home plate camera that's in the dirt <laughs> faced up at the, right. at the players and, you know, the first base camera and that kind of thing. But 
you know, imagine if you could have, you know, uh, a field that's covered almost 360 degrees and you could almost create a, a panorama experience from viewing at home. So well, I, sure. They're yeah. European cities. I mean, like in London, there is anywhere in the London city limits, they have a camera on everything. I mean, right. every, you know, uh, yeah. rooftop, the back of chimneys and things. I mean, there's, you know, the, you cannot escape a camera, uh, except perhaps in your own home. And I'm not even certain about that. Uh, the, uh, Alexa, you got a camera. Um, the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it's Alexa, Alexa. I know that I didn't want to, I mean, we don't want to say it that way. Yeah, we don't want to wake her up. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, the, um, but, so yes, I, I think I believe that that is, and I likewise I don't I hinted at this earlier. I don't I think we've seen our last umpire call balls and strikes. Right. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, they're just there to call the play at the plate. We might have uh, a which many people have been talking about for some time. Now it's a revenue type of issue, but there may be a decrease in uh, games the length of the season add on more playoffs or whatever and go back to 154 game schedule. Um, I'm all for that, that. Yeah, I am too. I think that's possible. Uh, the, um, and I think that's but, the, that's the natural counterbalance of expansion. You know, we right. have, we have 30 teams now or yeah, 30 teams and they want to make it 32. You know, it's easier to have and play more games when there's only 24 or 26 teams even. So Spring training could change. I th- I can see spring training getting condensed to only three weeks of games and, uh, you know, try to get to the season sooner. Um, maybe, I mean, in, in double headers as well, we're talking about, you know, you, you see how quickly players were to say, yeah, I'll play double headers. You know, I'll, I'll take scheduled double headers to get the season in. Right. Uh, so why not embrace that as a, as a new, bring that one back. Oh, I, I, I agree. And make them real double headers, not these day night things where they, uh, but that's a revenue issue. I mean, the day night double headers, players like more, the uh, fans don't. You want to be able to go, I, shoot, I, when I was young, I, I would look at the scheduled double headers and would go to those all the time because that was two games for the price of one. Yeah. You know, and uh, it just doesn't happen anymore. No. But I could see that being embraced. I could see it being embraced yeah. to, and and for that very reason, you know, baseball is going to want to encourage its fans to come out to the ballpark as much as possible because that's you know I think it was an ESPN poll, but a, a poll of casual to passionate baseball fans: how comfortable are you going back to a stadium? Sixty-six percent said they did not feel comfortable being in a baseball stadium until there was a vaccine. I mean, let alone right, right. having the testing they want to see a vaccine and that's you know a year and a half away right the vaccine then things you know then it's the uh, once we have a vaccine it is the 1918 flu epidemic i mean it's gone you know now that's not to say there won't be another one you know but uh, we don't once we have the vaccine we're not uh social distancing isn't going to be the issue that it is now Oh yeah. Well, yeah. So many things won't be the issue that they are right now. So, um, yeah. Uh, other than what that, I don't know. Say- I'd have to think about it, but 
uh, what you're talking about, the cameras everywhere. I do think there's going to be more of an emphasis on uh, the televised game. That was always one of the you could it's to watch a football game uh, to watch an NFL game. You're better at home in front of your smart television where the and the and NFL has realized that doing things like moving the hash marks in, uh, putting the goal, uh, the goalposts back further and narrowing the goalposts. These were all good things for football, uh, for viewership. Uh, it's a television sport, uh, right. primarily. whereas uh, baseball has always been the pastoral game that doesn't lend itself as well to uh, television. You can't watch all the players at once uh, on a baseball field uh, on television, uh, unless it's some sort of uh, real high, you know, like a view from the Goodyear blimp that, right. Um, yeah, exactly. Which is kind of a, a worthless view. Uh, football, you can uh, basketball, you can, uh, but baseball has never been that sport, but I believe it will be more that way. Uh, it will become more of a televised sport. Right. And and just with the emphasis on people staying at home, you know, and we're going to be with this staying at home and social distancing for so long now. I mean, really even into, I mean, if they just cancel the season and and let's, let's try and start early in 2021, you're still looking at, you know, the first couple of months are going to have to be cautious at at best. So um, with, uh, you know, you have the ability to turn your phone into a 3d goggle. So it makes sense that if you have a, uh, a stadium, a, a neutral site stadium where multiple games are played and you can just rig the, the hell out of that stadium with cameras to create a 360 map, you know, like viewing dome and you, right, right. you know, have a VR headset kind of thing going on and you can just like almost feel like you're standing on the field. <laughs> You know, right, right. That's possible. That that's is possibly possible. possible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, where you know, uh, you would have be able to switch onto something where you're watching the fly ball come to you and Mike Trout. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, there's another thing. I mean, having uh, having uh, microphones and cameras on the players. You know. Oh, oh, sure, sure. Well, they've done a lot of that. Yeah. And the helmet uh, cam and the mask cam. Yeah. I remember hearing Freddie Freeman when he was Mike talking to the pitcher, you know, at the same time, it was, I don't know. Um, it's fascinating, especially for yeah. folk like me who never actually played baseball in <laughs> past little league, you know, I'd love to hear those things. I'd love to hear the chatter between ballplayers at first base. You know, you mentioned the, the movie earlier, but one of the best things in bull Durham is hearing Kevin Costner talk to himself when he's at the plate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was such a real thing, you know. Yeah, he also talks to himself on the mound and uh, for love of the game. Uh, oh, that's true, that's true. Yeah. I wonder if he talks to himself in real life a lot. Well, yeah, he does, yeah. Yeah, in Dances with Wolves, he is, you know, <laughs> He's talking to himself the whole, the whole time, thing. yeah. Yeah. I'm starting to have more questions about <laughs> Kevin Costner's sanity <laughs> sure. right now. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, um, we'll see what happens, but yeah, I think I'm more pessimistic on the daily about about baseball in 2020 at least in, yeah. in this country so thank god yeah. for taiwan one of the things i i have that's been of interest to me is how much this uh this la this off season which is continuing now uh 
how things have changed so much. I mean, like right now, the Braves not signing Donaldson looks like a pretty good move. Oh, right. Know? Yeah. The Red Sox you know? trade of Mookie Betts. Right, right. What's his name? The pitcher uh, that we got uh, who was injured. Hol- uh, Cole Hamels. Yeah, Cole Hamels. I always want to call him Holland. Uh, but Cole Hamels uh, being injured, uh, he's not not to ever play, throw a a ball for the Braves. So we just signed him for one year. So, yeah. Well, and there's, you know, there is a, a sadness to me about like, for one thing, we're losing a prime year of some of the big studs, you know? Oh yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I mean, just looking at this thing from all angles, I mean, uh, there are good things and bad things about, uh, I was just talking about the, the off season in general, you know, what the moves that were, that people made. And and you're right. Mookie Betts is probably the biggest one out of all those. King Felix, you know, it's like for players that I'm following and, you know, I'm a big fan of like his, you know, yeah, their season, their, their career is over. They were trying to give it one more go and it feels like, and that's just, that's just sad. That's unfortunate, but. Oh yeah, sure it is. I mean, uh, remember when we had the, the first big strike, Matt Williams was going to break the home run record. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and uh, was it 94, I guess. And uh, and Maddox was, you know, he ends up like 18 and two or something. I mean, uh, that's really his best year. Uh, 94, 95 were his best years. And uh, but, you know, you you uh, wasn't Gwen close to hitting 400. Yeah, that was. Yep. Gwen was possible. Gwen was. Yeah, close I mean, you know, and so there that's. All those things are always kind of, you know, and right now we did lose one more year where Mike Trout doesn't go to the World Series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's double sad. Yeah. The, uh, that's sad, but the subtext is even more sad. Yeah. The yeah. 90, the 94 World Series champions, Montreal Expos will tell you all about the sadness. Right. right yeah. I mean, real. I mean, th- think of what that meant. You know, had they, in all likelihood, they were going, uh, or you know, they uh, they were the best team in baseball that year. Yeah. Uh, and had they gone to the World Series, they might still be in Montreal. Right. They might still be in Montreal. They might still have a stadium there. It's, right. Uh, it's right. Just, but it, they, you know, Jeff Loria, right? Yeah. <laughs> you there's you can't fix a bad owner wreaking havoc through a certain franchise. So. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's move on. Let's, uh, let's go to coming into home here. So, um, you and I, you and I are united on this front. It's whatever the best and safest outcome is for, for the people. So, um, with apologies to the bottom line. All right. Coming into home. Um, Mr. Tiger, rest in peace. Al Kaline, uh, passes away at the age of 85. This is the first opportunity we're getting to talk about him on a podcast. So, um, he was one of your favorite players of all time. So let's start with, give me some of your personal Al Kaline stories. All right. Well, he, he and Eddie Matthews were my first two favorite ball players. Uh, and if for no other reason, I mean, th- th- this was early on enough to where it may have been their uniforms as much as anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, although I do remember reading the Eddie Matthews story. Um, the uh one of the first books i ever read but uh the i i know that 
uh, I had an argument with my uncle. I used to go down to Tampa to play uh, in these RYL leagues. I would stay there during the summer after Little League was over here. Uh, I would uh, go to Tampa and stay with my uncle. And I, I remember arguing with him endlessly that Al Kaline owned all batteries because his name was on the battery. Uh, <laughs> and my my uncle just kind of laughed and said, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, he's a wealthy man. Um, <laughs> Alkaline, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I know that one of the uh, – we've talked about the, this endlessly, but probably the, the year that I really became – fully entrenched in baseball was 1961 and uh during the uh mantle and maris chase of babe ruth and whatnot uh during that year though the tigers were my favorite team and going into september they were uh right there with the yankees they you know Yankee, the 61 Yankees, we think of them as somewhat like the 27 Yankees, that this was uh, a really formidable team. But uh, some of this was we had expansion that year. And uh, the the Tigers were also a tremendous team. And the C&C boys, Cash and Colabito, were battling the M&M boys. Uh, but uh, they were playing the Yankees on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, as you always had the Yankees on television. Right. Uh, during, I think it was at that time that CBS uh, owned the Yankees uh, or exactly. owned a part of, you know, so you had yeah. to watch the Yankees, but right. uh, they were, they were playing each other. And uh, the Yankees, I mean, this was a very important game. I think they were within two games and the Yankees had the tying and go ahead run runners on second and third Elson Howard's up uh, two out in the ninth, and he hits a screeching line drive to right field, and K-Line comes rushing in and makes a diving catch, but breaks his collarbone in doing so, and thus ending the Tigers' season, and I think they ended up like nine games out or something by the end. Um, but that was the first great catch I ever remember. I mean, now, in 61, then I'm nine years old, and I still can remember that catch like it was yesterday uh never seen it again anywhere like now i i we're talking about what television we've watched recently i think i've watched al kaline's uh double down the right field line in baltimore for his 3000th hit maybe 20 times uh <laughs> recently and i and i and i recommend to anybody uh you can go on youtube and see the uh hank aaron al kaline home run uh derby uh contest during the first year that's worth watching um <laughs> the, uh but i've never seen that catch again and that was that's really one of my first real memories of of major league baseball yeah yeah where where does he rank all time as a right fielder i mean you know he was as good playing right field as he was as a hitter and he hit near career 300 so in your mind the, yeah oh uh, well I have to say, I mean, you know, the the metrics for measuring defense in those days, uh, very limited. They're still stretched a little bit. Um, I know Billy Martin once said that the three greatest all-around ball players he ever saw were Joe DiMaggio, Willie Mays, and Al Kaline. Now, this is before, you know, Billy Martin died before Mike Trout was around, but, uh, <laughs> you know, Mickey Mantle was his best friend, you know, uh, the, uh, he saw a lot of ball players, uh, 
the uh, I think Kaline was all, all I could say is he's one of the best defensive players I've ever seen. He had one of the prettiest right-handed swings you will ever see anywhere still to this day. Uh, I would not put him on the same par with Clemente as an outfielder. Uh, and I'm very biased this way. Uh, but uh, Clemente had to say he had a better arm than K-Line is like to say Secretariat was better than Man of War. I mean, uh, it just and, and admittedly, uh, Clemente did everything with more flash and panache. Uh, Jesse Barfield was a great right fielder. There have been uh, a lot of great right fielders, but Al K-Line is certainly in a small group at the top of anybody that I've seen. Yeah, and he's often compared to Clemente and even just how the careers have this uh, kind of unique way that they mirror each other. You know, K-Line finishes with 3,007 hits and Clemente finished famously with 3,000. Um, right. so, something I didn't know in reading the different pieces on Al K-Line was that uh, he won the Roberto Clemente Award when it was first known as the Roberto Clemente Award. Um, because they changed the name, obviously, to honor Clemente. He's a batting champ at age 20. That's still a record in 1955. One of the youngest players to ever go right to the major leagues. and Right. He was one of those bonus babies back then where they, if you signed him for that much money, you had to go to the major leagues. Uh, Right, right, right. right. I mean, that was the same thing uh, Koufax was. There were several plays, which uh, destroyed many people's careers. You yeah, know, that, that yeah. didn't have the uh, the training there because, you know, the people your Legion ball back then was like, you know, uh, that's where you could play the most games and you could play 40 games in a summer. Well, now, you know, uh, you get on these traveling teams and you play 40 games in a month. You know? Right, um, right. Exactly. Um, so. Some other just incredible highlights of him. He spent his entire 22 year career with Detroit which is why he right. is in fact Mr. Tiger. And what's interesting to me about that if you're if you're looking at a franchise, you know, like Detroit and you're you're a realist on who's the greatest of all time, it's Ty Cobb. But I, I think it's great that the idealist response is Al Kaline, you know, who's the greatest Tiger of all time. Those of us who value character and I'd like to think that's a lot of people who value character, uh it's, you know, Al Kaline is the first one you think of with the Detroit Tigers. Oh, oh, absolutely. And along those lines, Cobb didn't play his whole career with Detroit. You know. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I can't, when you're comparing players from all time, I now make a distinction from 47 on, uh, you know, until the color barrier is broken. It's, I mean, sure, the Babe Ruth and Ty Cobbs, they're going to, you know, they're on the Mount Everest. I, I don't think you. it's fair to compare players from the thirties to compare a Hank Greenberg to a Al Kaline. Uh, you know, Greenberg's playing after the, the color barrier is broken as well, but most of his career is before that. Uh, you know, and I just, uh, so from, if I'm going to say anybody is the greatest of all time on their team, it's going to be from 47 on. Right. Uh, Although Al Kaline would have been the first to say, Oh, I can't compare with Hank Greenberg. Always humble, always humble. Oh yeah, sure. He was, he was, yeah. 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 I remember uh a a description of that Bill Lee, the space band, gave once of Al Kaline when he, he play, was went to Detroit trying to 
hang on with a cur with a knuckleball or something like this. And he, he referred to and Al Kaline was still there. And he said, you know, the old ancient Mariner right field with bird shit all over him and everything else. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Ted Williams was a huge Al Kaline fan famously. Yeah. In the, what was it? The 67 all-star game. He, he, he ran to the, uh, to the lunchroom because he quote, I just came in here to say hello to Al Kaline. Yeah, so yeah, that's 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 the highest of high praise. And Kaline was so uh, generous and humble that um, he he did not feel like he should have started in the '68 World Series because he gets injured at the beginning of that season, and um, you know they had the three outfielders that were thriving in his place, and he makes a, a fourth outfielder for that '68 team. And which but one? But it was also because one of those outfielders had to come in and play shortstop. Right. That was the famous solution to it. Um, what, well, what, because their shortstop was not eligible to play in the World Series. Uh, the Euler, Ray, Roy Euler, or Euler or something like that. Uh, and right. Stanley had to come in and play short. So, yeah. Well, yeah, but they didn't, they didn't, they didn't have to. They could have kept Euler at short, but he didn't hit as well. No, I didn't. Th- I didn't think Euler was available for the World Series. They had put him on the team too late. Um, I'd have to, I'd have to, I believe that's the case. Uh, well, I mean, cause I, I was way into that team, Yeah, but he had an incredible series in 68 and almost hit 400. The, uh, really the tigers, you take away Bob Gibson out of that, you know, and, uh, the, uh, the tigers just killed the Cardinals during that series, but it was more K-line than anybody else. Yeah, although they did beat Gibson twice. I always come yeah. back to that when talking about the 68 World Yeah, but they, they weren't scoring 15 runs a game against Gibson. That's true. In fact, they were striking out 15 times in that first right. one. Right. It, it was, uh, I mean, everybody remembers Lolich as being the star of that series for the Tigers, but K-Line was K-Line. Yep, yep, yep. Him and Northrup, and it was, what an incredible team. And, and you know, the Tigers... Were it not for this Yankee dynasty that was there, the you know through the end of the fifties, obviously, and really into and it was sixty five, right? That the the no sixty four is their last World Series. Sixty five, they were awful. Right, right. So and right after that, the Tigers are almost in it in sixty seven, and then they're there in the World Series in sixty eight. It's unfortunate that Kaline never made it back to the World Series; that he only got to play in the one and. Right. You know, those Tiger teams were as good as anybody were it not for the Yankees being there <laughs> as the proverbial you know, gatekeepers. You, you referred to him as Mr. Tiger several times. And it, I think as far as I, and I was thinking about this some time ago, there are only three other players that I can think of as Mr. Their team. Uh, Banks, of course, you know, being the most famous one, Mr. Cub, uh, Tony Gwynn as Mr. Padre. And maybe George Brett as, you know, Mr. Royal. <laughs> Mr. Royal sounds like a character from a Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> and I've never heard him call that, but he is the all-time face of the Royals as far as I can tell. Yeah, all-time, yeah. Because you wouldn't call Chipper Mr. Brave, I don't think. No, no. Would you call Jeter? Yeah. No, you're not going to call Jeter Mr. Yankee. Nobody can be Mr. Yankee. Well, <laughs> no, what, wasn't Gehrig? Didn't they call him I'd Mr. have to Gehrig? look that up. Or, or, yeah, I think he was. I mean, but I think that's long gone. Right? You know. Yeah. 
Um, well, certainly when I think of the number six, just in sports in general, I think of Al Kaline. I, it, of course, Stan Musial on the Cardinals was number yeah. six, but I, I'm, <laughs> we don't think as longingly on the Cardinals franchise. And then I also the LeBron James and the Miami Heat for some reason, but Al Kaline is number six to me. He's Mister Number Six. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the uh, I, and I was he. So it was one of the first numbers that I was aware of. Too. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, that's key. That's a good point. Like Ron Gant, ironically, made me aware of number five. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, one, uh, you know, we're we're in an era now, we've been talking about television. Uh, how many times did you actually see Al Kaline live? How many times did you see him on television? Did you ever see him in person? Yes, I did see him in person. Uh, I saw him in, uh, Baltimore a couple of times, but on television, a bunch, the, uh, yeah. I, and, I mean, the Yankees were always the game of the week when I was young with Dizzy Dean and Pee Wee Reese covering the games, but, uh, they off the Yankees were, they never played the Kansas city athletics on the weekend you know they always played more of their rivals the it was back then baseball was really structured to take care of the yankees (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and so you would see the yankees play the tigers a lot on television oh okay i didn't realize that uh, they played, uh, I mean, cause they would, they, I mean, they played everybody the same amount of games, but they weren't playing Washington and Kansas city. And, you know, those, you know, I, I don't ever remember seeing, uh, the old Kansas city athletics, you know, yeah. Seaburn hitting third, uh, the, um, and all those teams that were actually just farm teams to the, the Yankees. Yeah. Yeah. You would see, uh, you'd see the Red Sox and the Tigers more than you would any other teams. Yeah. Occasionally the White Sox, occasionally the Indians, but you never saw the National League. You know, they're like, who are they? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that's that's very fascinating to me. You know, I'm sure you probably saw the Cardinals. And the, and the, Not much. And the I mean, really. I mean, CBS played one game a week. You know, that was it, and they owned the Yankees. <laughs> so guess what you're getting the Yankees right and those were you know about the only names that Dizzy Dean could pronounce anyway <laughs> good one it's a good one all right well it will be missed is one of the true great elder statesmen of the game and amazing to think that K-Line was still at spring training uh every year he was he's been a part of that Tigers organization in many different ways including he was a think a special advisor to the uh, GM for a few years as well. And always great to see him and Alan Trammell uh, famously on the, uh, on the, on the field at spring training with the Tigers um, and celebrating in the dugout as, or in the uh, clubhouse as well. The, the, those Justin Verlander and Miggy Cabrera teams that went to the world series, there was K-Line getting his champagne bath there. So, yeah, well, yeah, I, he, for somebody who, you would have thought would have maybe had some sort of connection with Baltimore. I had a lot of his, you know, being born in Baltimore and having his 3000s hit a lot of his big moments came in Baltimore. He was like always from Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. 
Well, I wonder who's going to inherit his uh, large battery fortune now. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, it's good to good to talk with you. Uh, good to hear your voice on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, we're gonna be doing this for a while, so. Yeah, I, I, I'm the the. You know, I have a big X on my back. I have to be more yeah. careful than most people. I mean, just as we should be. You know, to everybody listening out there, you know, the the, the thing to do is to respect what the general science tells us, you know, and there's, there's a very specific science to this virus. And there are very specific reasons why we're taking this measures, the uh, aggressive nature of how contagious it is, the lack of a vaccine, the fact that this is a novel coronavirus that's never been seen until now, you know? So I don't know, but I'm an introvert at heart. I have no problem self-isolating. I did that all the way through high school. So. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> middle school at least i was a little better in high school yeah well i don't know the uh i would like to get out a little bit more than i am these days yeah well come friday you can go bowling again so there you go yeah, well, i know but uh, <laughs> I, you know i found it interesting that trump said that georgia that kemp made a mistake that we're going back too soon yeah, I thought that was really interesting too. That's that's like trouble in paradise kind of thing right there. So, yeah, well, you know, I just I didn't expect that. Yep. Well, all right. I need to finish the pod. I need to close out. Yeah. The all right. Podcast. Yeah. You want to do the close for the podcast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but okay. this has been great. This is that's the thing with with having having you on the phone. It's a little more like a fluid conversation, maybe. So, we'll we'll see how it all shakes out. But at any rate. All right. Well, it was good to do a podcast with you, especially given this, you know, even including these extraordinary circumstances. So um, thank you to uh, everyone who listens to the Running the Basis podcast, which you can find on SoundCloud and on iTunes uh, and by going to our website, runningthebases.com. Follow us on Facebook uh, or like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. And uh, we'll be coming back soon with our next installment of the Baseball Book Club talking about If I Never Get Back by Daryl Brock. And, Coach, how's your Sim League baseball doing? Oh, um, yeah, it's doing all right. I have um, – I got about seven teams or so right now. So. There you go. Well, there's where the season never ends. So we'll have to do another Sim League podcast in the near future as well. So. Right. Um, all right. Well, everyone stay safe out there. Wash your hands, uh, make a mask, wear a mask when you have to go out in public and, uh, you know, listen to the doctors, listen to the scientists, be informed, uh, make a wise decision with, uh, with your actions right now. And that's what will get us through this. You know, we can take the responsibility upon ourselves and get us through this, uh, whole situation a lot faster. So, uh, personal thank you to our uh, frontline workers um, in the healthcare industry, doctors and nurses, grocery store clerks. I mean, you know, I think, Coach, I speak for the both of us that we echo all those sentiments that these are the true hero heroes doing the yeoman's work right now. So, I uh, have a close friend who is a uh, pediatric nurse uh, at a local hospital. And because of staff shortages and whatnot uh, and people being moved around, she's head of the department at the hospital she's at. She hasn't gone home in four weeks. Wow. She's been at the hospital. She sleeps at the hospital, everything. She just lives there now. Wow. Wow. 
God bless. Godspeed to her and, and everyone who's having to do that. You know. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I that's just an anecdote. That's you know, there there's so many. Right. Exactly. Well, all right. Well, everyone, stay safe out there. Um, and uh, and we'll get through this. Um, we hope sooner than later. So for Coach Jordan Bounds, I'm Tucker Wells. This has been the Running the Bases podcast. Uh, coming into home, and we're safe. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon, Coach. Have yourself a good rest of your day. Uh, <laughs> finding shit to do in quarantine. <laughs> stay safe out there. All right. Sounds good. Take care, man. <laughs> <laughs>